It is Friday, November 18th. I'm Scott Seiden. And I'm AJ Hoffman. The Titans win and cover their eighth straight game. And the Bills and Browns relocated. Here comes the Vegas truth. This is straight out of Vegas. We are straight out of Vegas AM, your daily destination for sports conversation with a Vegas lean. Here's what you need to know to start your day. Tennessee Titans 27, Green Bay Packers 17. Titans win on Thursday night. The NFL has decided to relocate this Sunday's Browns-Bills game from Buffalo to Detroit. And Major League Baseball has named its most valuable players. What is the Vegas lead, Scott? Let's start with Thursday night football. The Tennessee Titans win 27-17 over the Packers. They were three-and-a-half-point dogs. They have now covered eight straight games. And the most impressive part of this game to me, AJ, was not the the pop pass uh, from Derrick Henry, which was pretty cool. It was cool. But it was Ryan Tannehill throwing for 333 yards in this game. I mean, think about this. You go up against the Tennessee Titans, and your goal is to stop Derrick Henry and this and this rushing attack. But here you have Ryan Tannehill uh, leading a team that was second worst in the NFL in passing behind the Chicago Bears coming into this game last night, and he throws for over 300 yards. Listen, Ryan Tannehill. I don't know how he's good. I don't know. I don't know how the Titans are good. Ryan Tannehill was really good last night, he, and. You know what? Maybe the best example was the pass late that looked like it was incomplete at first, and then they eventually overturned and said, oh, that's a touchdown. I mean, that pass, it has to be in a perfect window, and it was it was the perfect throw. Uh, Tannehill had a 77 QBR last night. Rodgers had a 53. He thoroughly outplayed him. I guess no surprise given how Aaron Rodgers' year has gone, mm-hmm. but this is – a, I mean, this is a fascinating team because, again, I saw them play Buffalo early this season and look like they didn't belong on the same field. Mm-hmm. Now it's hard to argue. Where are they in the AFC power rankings? Like, like well, they're going to win the division, and so they're okay, going to have a home game in the playoffs. Are they are they any worse than like the third or fourth best team in the AFC? Like they're in the discussion with the Ravens, right? Like, I think yeah, Chiefs, Bills, and then no, I think Ravens, Titans, no. Chiefs, Bills, Dolphins, and then I think Ravens, Titans. Mm. That's where I would have them. Okay. Maybe the, here's Bengals. my problem with Maybe the Dolphins. Bengals as the well. Dolphins don't play defense. The Titans play defense. Like, but the Titans also did not score a touchdown in the fourth quarter prior to last night. Right. That was their first fourth quarter touchdown to. on the season. And it's the first time all season that they've scored over 24 points. In, in this modern age of the NFL, you got to be able to score, and the Dolphins certainly have no problem scoring. The Titans do. That is true. So, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I guess it's a, a matter of styles, and the Titans' style is Styles win fights. It's certainly not appealing. It's not fun to watch. Let me ask you the question, then. Next week, Bengals at the Titans. Who are you taking? What's the line? Prior to last night's game, it was Bengals minus two. 
So are you taking the Titans plus? I'll take the Titans as a dog. Yeah, the Titans as a dog are, is appealing to Assuming me. the line stays this right. way. The Bengals may get, may get their doors blown off. Who knows what happened? <laughs> but, yeah, I, I would say the Titans as a dog are going to, especially as a home dog, that's, that's very appealing to me. Well, how good are the Titans as an underdog? Mike Vrabel, 22-16 and 16 straight up as an underdog. Since he became a head coach in the NFL, he is the most profitable underdog head coach in the NFL. Yeah. Mike Vrabel is another part of the puzzle that I don't understand because I, I would have bet big money that Mike Vrabel was going to be a failure as an NFL head coach. He's really good. He 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 is a motivator. He's got it. He's he's got his guys prepared every week. Um, you know the, the the team loves him. He's a good coach, and I never would have thought that the guy spent one year as a DC and coordinated the thirty second best offense in the NFL, and got a head coach year. I was like, oh, this guy's destined for failure. Destined. No, he is one of the best coaches in the NFL, which is wild for me to say. Well, where do the Packers go from here? They go home. They're done. <laughs> this is it. I, I, I think four and uh, seven now. They're going to be a touchdown. This is the day the touchdown underdog uh, next week Sunday night uh, against the Eagles, and I don't think there's any salvaging this season. Like this is, they're not going to make the playoffs. They're no. not going to go on a run, and that's it. Uh, yeah, this is. This is, I think this was the week that if they won this, it would have felt like they were back in it. Uh, beating the Cowboys last week, if you're able to win this one, win your games at home, feels like you're in a good spot. They, they get the first one, and it's like, mm, just couldn't get this done. And by the way, last night, Aaron Rodgers just looked awful. Yeah, he missed it, a couple of wide open guys. Yeah, it's hard enough to get open in the NFL. When you're missing guys running wide open, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I don't know what to tell It's clear that he is not as prepared as he used to be. It, it, this just isn't his life. He's not about this life anymore. He's got <laughs> other – He's there's other stuff. That, and that's okay, by the way. It's Football doesn't have to be the most important thing to you. But if it's not, you should probably let people know before you sign a mega contract. Like, be like Ricky Williams and just say – I don't think I want to play football anymore. Mm. I'm not that into it. I'm going to go do other. I'm going to go do illicit drugs. Aaron <laughs> Rodgers can go do all the ayahuasca he wants as soon as he says, "You know what? I'm done playing football." Let's go go co-host Pat McAfee. Do show. whatever you yeah, want to do. Fun. Do all the fun stuff that doesn't require you host getting Jeopardy. hit. Host Jeopardy while on ayahuasca. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't require you to wake up super early and get down to the stadium and do film study like. It's a lot easier life, and there. But there's, you know, there, there's a whole team of guys there who expect the best of Aaron Rodgers, and they're not getting it this year. This this just isn't. It, it's and I'm not saying it's Aaron Rodgers has fallen off. I'm I believe that Aaron Rodgers is not giving his best to football right now, and I don't think that's fair to the Packers. I'm proud of myself for identifying this early. Uh, I I won several games betting against the Green Bay Packers with the Giants, with the Jets, with the Commanders, uh, and last night with the Titans. Uh, I was actually on them last week against the Cowboys, which was weird. Uh, But it was obvious from early on that this team looked broken. 
and Rodgers did not look as locked in as he had in the past. You know, and you could, you could argue that maybe you know losing his offensive coordinator and now it's a different system that he's not comfortable with. Losing Devontae Adams, not having a number one wide receiver that you trust, and it, it could have been a combination of a lot of things. I'll tell. I'll be honest. I don't know that it was as obvious to me early. So the the week one loss at the Vikings. Oh, I sat here on the dream pot every week screaming about it. So that week one loss, I guess you could say, I mean, the Vikings at the time was like the Vikings or the Packers was the best team in the NFC Mm -hmm. North. Okay, Vikings win their home game. The next game, they blow out the Bears. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's more like Aaron Rodgers. Then they win at Tampa. And at the time, that felt like a really big win, didn't it? And then the next week... They beat Bill Belichick, mm-hmm. and it's so you're three and one in overtime. Yeah. You're, but you're three and one. You beat you beat the Tampa Bay Bucks on the road. You beat Bill Belichick. I'm sure there's a lot of people who thought, you know what, things are fine right now in Packerland. It's from the Giants game on that it's just been a, a disaster. Maybe something happened in London. Maybe Rodgers went over there and across the pond, and he did that. And that British ayahuasca. And something happened because oh. there was. The I hear they were up two touchdowns late in that game, and then it really it, all changed in that one quarter. It the all, whole season. It all changed in London. They come back and and they didn't win until last week against the Cowboys. I know what happened. The peaky fucking blinders went in there and fixed the game. Like they always do. You're going to fix that match, aren't you, Aaron Rodgers? Uh, we, have to talk, we have to talk about match fixing in a couple of minutes here on this podcast because the World Cup starts this weekend, and boy, there are some rumors swirling around the internet. So four and seven, let's go around the horn. Let's go projected finish. For the Green Bay Packers, what's the, what's their final record? McKenzie, Scott, and I will all give a record. I will go first, and I will say they finish seven and ten. I'm gonna say six wins. McKenzie, six and eleven, seven and ten. Going through their schedule, they got three more wins at Bears. I, they're gonna lose. Yep. A, they're Which, gonna, by the way, isn't a. It's not gonna an easy. Lo- they're gonna lose a game they should win, and it's probably gonna be that Bears game. They're going to lose to the Eagles. They're going to lose to the Bears. They'll beat the Rams, lose to the Dolphins, lose to the Vikings, and then beat the Lions. Here's the crazy thing, though. Besides the home game against the Lions, which, by the way, would be week 17 with or week 18 with mm-hmm. nothing to play for, I could see them losing any of these games. Yeah, of course. Like, if you said... When does Jordan Love play? Rams-Packers <laughs> in Green Bay. I mean, the Rams have been bad. Have they been any worse than the Packers? What are the Packers, like two-point favorites there? When does Jordan Love play? He doesn't. The Aaron Rodgers is signed for next year. Do you think Aaron Rodgers plays next year? If he doesn't, he's not going to tell anybody until it's too late to do anything about it because that's what he is. Brett Favre style. He's a vindictive asshole. Like he, he's <laughs> he he's going to say, oh, "Oh yeah, you guys don't. You, oh Packers fans, you don't want me? I'll show you." You know, the, the Packers have till May, like the end of this year, to decide whether or not they're picking up Jordan Love's fifth year option. Listen. It, Reset on Jordan Love. Find another Jordan Love. Find, All right, well then, draft another guy in the so first round. Completely wasted a draft pick. Guy yes. sat on your bench. Sometimes for, it happens. Guy sat on your bench for four years and then he's off the team. Sometimes it happens. Like, okay. it, but it's better than paying him for another year and then him not being good and you still don't have a quarterback. Because here's what, it, like, if all the benefit of Jordan Love is gone now, because. If Jordan Love ever plays for the Packers now, he's going to be expensive, Jordan Love. Who wants that? Forget that draft pick ever happened. Get a new first-round pick that's on an affordable salary for the next five years and start over. Well, so tank now. 
get a they high, are. What are you a, seeing yeah, here? Get a high draft pick, and that's it. You think Aaron Rodgers missed Sammy Watkins <laughs> on accident? Come on, come on. We spent a lot of time, AJ, talking about the weather impact this Sunday between the Buffalo Bills and the Cleveland Browns. Well, the NFL has stepped in and said there enough. Will, there will be no game. Call it off in Buffalo. No game in Buffalo. The game will be in Detroit. Ford Field will host the game between the Buffalo Bills and the Cleveland Browns, which, good move for Buffalo, by the way, because they play in Detroit on Thanksgiving. Yeah. So now there's no travel. They're, they're going to be in Detroit on a short week, have to play Thanksgiving. It's great for them. I mean, I, I like them better on Thanksgiving. In now. a way, it sucks because you have to be in Detroit. But it's also, you're right, it's, it is it is a sort of an advantage. I think it's, it, listen, I think that, Two two things happened when this game got moved. The the spread went down towards Cleveland. The total went up. One of those things makes sense to me. Mm. And it's probably not the one that you're – well, maybe it is the one you're thinking. But I said, why would the Bills – why would Brown's money come in on the news that they're going to play this game indoors? The Any inclement weather – was a benefit to the Browns, mm-hmm. who are a power-running team. It's yes. the only thing they can do. If the Bills had to play their offense in high wind, listen, we saw them against New England last year in the mm-hmm. crazy wind game mm-hmm. where Matt Jones threw the ball three times and the Patriots just ran it all day. That could have been the Browns. This is, I think, a huge advantage to Buffalo. I think it's the rare time where the home team is perfectly fine losing a home game yeah. because schematically it's an advantage to them. I hope this gets to seven. If it does, I'm going to be on Buffalo. I, I this is a, I think this is the wrong move directional. And the total moved as well because everyone kept coming in, betting the under, betting the under, betting the under. It went down to 42 and a half. Now it's up to 49 and a half with the game obviously being indoors in Detroit. Rock City. Um, <laughs> McKenzie, and- can you check splits? By the way, can uh, can you check the splits on bets and money? And Those bets, by the way, are are void. Well, it depends. It depends on house rules because Westgate tweeted out today. That's right. The West action plays. Said that the action plays. So, so it, it depends on your well, house rules. A lot of books, though, have canceled. I know my bet got canceled. Okay. Uh, so I think a lot of books are are canceled on. Uh, you know, the game is voided. The game is canceled because it's a new rotation number as well. So the rotation number of the old game was 453, 454. New rotation number, 477, 478. That's interesting. Okay. So uh, it had been 98% cash, 73% tickets on under. We don't have updated splits yet. Had been 80% for both on Buffalo before this news. Again, 80% of the money was on the bills before the news. And then people were like, nope, got to go the other way now. Why? Because there's not drunk guys getting thrown through tables outside before the game? Like, this is a benefit. This is great news for Buffalo, Did, did you in my see opinion. what the Lions tweeted out, the official Lions Twitter account? No. So with the announcement that the game was being moved, they tweeted out, they, they quote tweeted the Bills tweet about the movement. And uh, they said, important numbers are by the phone. Lock up when you leave, and please don't break the tables. That's good. <laughs> That's, cool. That's good. Yeah, I, I am. I don't know. I, what you think? It's the advantage for Buffalo this move, or am yeah, I just absolutely. crazy? Buffalo yeah. in the over. I, I'm fine They're saying score a ton of points. That we don't have our home crowd. Listen, I, I think. I don't know. I guess there's probably more Cleveland fans around that area than there are Buffalo fans. It's got to be pretty close, though. It's not like. Uh, 
it's not like they're playing this game in you know across the world. This is this isn't. They're going to give out free tickets to a bunch of you know local fans in Detroit that'll come. It's going to feel like a London game, right? You're going to have fans just. People just coming in football for football fans. Football fans just coming in for a free game. Yeah, I, I think this is this is all good news for Buffalo. I I disagree with the market move. And uh, again, like I said, if it, if it gets to seven, it's going to be a play for me. Uh, Besides, I think you, I'm already going to. I have to use the Bills as a teaser piece this week. So Buffalo to Detroit's only a four hour drive. How far is it, Cleveland to Detroit? Cleveland to Detroit is a two a three hour drive. Okay, yeah, this is not big of not that big of a difference. Such a weird drive though, because if you just look at like you have to go like around Lake Erie, so it's and like, Buffalo fans will. Well, I guess they won't travel this week because they're snowed in. So I but I, get out of. It, but think about the Buffalo fans. If any Buffalo fans were planning on traveling to Detroit for the Thanksgiving game, maybe they hop in the car and they get out of, get out of the snow now. Two and for they, one, cheap tickets. Exactly, you get a two for one. You get you head head mm. to, head to Detroit now. Get away from the snow. Don't worry about the storm. You know work's going to be closed. You know, everything's going to be closed this weekend. That's true. You don't want to be stuck in the house. Get out of the house now before the storm hits this weekend. Drive to Detroit, and then boom, you get two games. You get to see the Bills twice. And I'm sure the Bills are probably offering their season ticket holders some sort of deal. Like you get a hotel package or whatever. I don't know this. I'm guessing because this is what I would do because I'm such a nice guy. But, like, I don't know if they're doing that. But I would imagine some fans are actually going to make this trip. One more uh, NFL, actually two more NFL nuggets to discuss. Yesterday, the Eagles signed Indomitian Sue. Uh, they, they've been dealing with some defensive line injuries and go out and get themselves a big name in Indomitian Sue a day after they signed Linville Joseph on that defensive line as well. Eagles so are going for it. They really are. And you give them credit. It, it kind of reminds me of the Rams. Like, you know, okay, we. Oh, there's a big-time player available? Let's go get him. Let's go get him. So uh, kudos to the Eagles for making some moves. Uh, The other thing that's going on in the NFL right now is uh, this – this is – it's irony, I guess, but I I love it. Minka Fitzpatrick's back at practice for the Steelers. Yeah, this is great. Five days after having his appendix removed Mm – and I think he wants to play against Joe Burrow, who was out for weeks and weeks after an appendix removal. I think this is Minka Fitzpatrick trolling Joe Burrow with his appendectomy. <laughs> he wants to play to, yeah, to stick it to Joe Burrow, who had to miss a ton of time due to his appendectomy. And he's a guy, that, you know, Minka Fitzpatrick, it's more wear and tear on his body than the quarterback, right? Quarterbacks are protected all the time. Yeah. Burrow doesn't have to get hit if he, you know, a lot of times. Yeah, this is a, I, I, this is a boss move right here. <laughs> I don't know how you could possibly bet on the Bengals with Joe Burrow looking, across, looking out over the field and Minka Fitzpatrick <laughs> with his hand on his right hip just going, ah. Oh. You guys think it's like a long-term mental edge play because they're division rivals? It's got to yeah. be. Are the Steelers wearing – are the Steelers wearing white on Sunday? Because if he bleeds through his jersey, <laughs> I mean, there's no big, style. there's no bigger fu to Joe Burrow than him bleeding through his jersey. No, nope, Steelers, from his are, Steelers are going to wear their all black color, uh, color rush jerseys. Missed opportunity against the Bengals. Missed opportunity. The ble- the blood is not going to show through the black. Uh, you know what? Minka Fitzpatrick should jersey swap with Joe Burrow after the game (laughs) and just have it soaked in his blood. That'd be awesome. He should wear his hospital wristband, too. (laughs) 
While we're talking about the NFL, let's do a quick run-through of the rest of the games. Let's start with the Panthers and the Ravens. Ravens, 13-point home favorites against the Panthers. It's a big number. I know the Panthers were able to pick up a win last week against the Falcons, but this is still a trash football team. And now they're going back to Baker Mayfield at quarterback. I don't trust Baker Mayfield going to to Baltimore to take on this Ravens team. I think Lamar's going to have a field day against this Panthers team. I don't disagree. The Ravens are bullies at home, too. They are 7-2 ATS in their last nine home games against teams with a losing record. If they've got a chance to smash you, they will smash. Eagles-Colts, we've talked a lot about the line move here. This was once 10. Mm -hmm. Then it was 8.5. It was 8, 7.5, 7. Six and a half, a little, little juice to the Eagles, right, McKenzie? So you got to pay a little more. Like, it, could we see this thing go to seven the way it's trending? Yeah, 6.7, Fez would say. Okay, so 6.7. I'll be honest, this is still a Colts play to me. The Colts are the fifth best run defense per DVOA. A.J. Brown banged up. No Dallas Goddard. This is just a beat-up team. They're going to have to lean on the ground game. That's where the Colts excel is stopping the run. And I think just Matt Ryan is a clear upgrade over Ellinger. And I think the Colts have a little bit of confidence now. I think they feel like everybody said we couldn't win. We won. Colts have won nine of their last 13 ATS as a dog. McKenzie, is there any numbers on undefeated teams like the week after losing their first game? Yeah, so if you started out 8-0 after you lose, you're 15-28. and ATS in the next game, yeah. 35%. That sounds about right. I figured. That sounds about right. I just think the Eagles are so beat up right now, there's no way I can look at them. Let's look at the Washington Commanders at the Houston Texans. Commanders, three-point road favorites. I like the Commanders. I think the Texans might be the worst team in football. I think they are. So I, 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 I don't think they're interested in winning, to be honest. And I think the Commanders have a little bit of confidence right now. Washington is a half game out of the last wild card spot. Like I get this is they're not a good team. I'm not trying to say that. Mm-hmm. But here's the here's the dirty little secret of the new NFL. There's going to be bad teams make the playoffs every year. Yeah, seventh seventh team now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I I don't see why the like if I'm not, if I'm in the Commanders locker room, I'm saying why not us? If a, if a shitty team's going to make the playoffs, why not our shitty team? I, I think the Commanders. You mentioned playing with confidence with the Colts. I think the Commanders are playing with all the confidence in the world. Taylor Heineke is 4-0-1 ATS in his last five starts as a starting quarterback. He's 8-2-1 ATS in his last 11 starts. Uh, I think they know that he's going to be the quarterback the rest of the season. Carson Wentz not designated to return yet. I think that was the political answer for them. Uh, I think that that this is Taylor Heineke's team, and the Commanders are going to feed off of his energy. Patriots, three, three-and-a-half-point favorites hosting the Jets. Well, the Patriots own the Jets. Uh, they've won 13 straight and all 13 by three or more points, AJ. So the line here is three. There's only one way you can go in this game, and it's Patriots. This is a, a, a lopsided rivalry. Bill Belichick owns the Jets. Uh, there's Again, I wouldn't bet the Jets with your money, Scott. There's no way. The G-men, your G-men, three-point favorites hosting the Lions. Money coming on the Lions. This is McKenzie. Let's cue up Scott complaining about the Giants being disrespected. Three, two, one. Play the tape. You know I don't understand why the Giants. <laughs> <laughs> 
this this handicap to me is really simple. Uh, we saw what the Lions did last week against the run, against the best rushing team in the NFL and the Chicago Bears. They got absolutely torched. Now they're facing the third best rushing team in the NFL in the Giants. Uh, they're not going to be able to stop Saquon Barkley. They're not going to be able to stop Daniel Jones. Jared Goff won 10 and one straight up in his last 12 road starts. That one win was last week. Uh, they He hasn't won consecutive road games since 2018. Here's what I believe. If you like the Lions right now, you are buying at the peak of the market. The Lions just won back-to-back football matches. And now you're saying, you know what? Now's the time to jump on board. I can't imagine that's a good idea. I can't imagine it's a good idea. Uh, the Rams, four-point dogs at the Saints. And I will continue to beat the drum and say, why are the Saints favored like this over anybody? Who the hell are the Saints? I know. To be laying. I Okay, the Rams have been bad. Okay. Cooper Cup's not playing. Okay, I got news for you. The Saints are like, they're in the same weight class as the Jags, the Lions. Like, that's the group that they're in. Like, forget about the fact that this team was good three years ago. This Saints team is a bad team. I can only look at the Rams here. I agree with you. I think taking the Rams is is a, an easy decision. I don't think there's a debate. I don't think there's anything you have to ponder in this one. Uh, Andy Dalton still starting for New Orleans? No thanks. Matt Ryan, uh, Matt Stafford coming back? Yeah, I'll take the Rams. Bears getting three points. Getting three points at Atlanta. The Bears are hot right now. They figured some things out on offense. This is. I feel like this total may be too high, 49, for two teams that are going to almost exclusively run the ball, right? I would agree with that. And I think ooh, I think this might be the time to fade the Bears because everyone seems to be in love with them, if Maybe. that makes sense. You know, everyone seems to be on the Bears. I was looking at the last, like, I think I, th- I saw 83% of the money is on Chicago. Maybe Atlanta minus three is the right side here. The problem with the Falcons is they're also really bad at stopping the run. And Justin Fields has been a terror for like the last three or four weeks. The Bears in the last four weeks are a top five offense in the league. If you had asked me week four, who's the worst offense in the league, AJ? I would have said, it's easy. It's the Bears. This is an unbelievable turn of events for Justin Fields. The Denver Broncos, two-and-a-half-point favorites at home against the Raiders. That line says those are even teams. So I'll ask you, are the Raiders and Broncos even teams? Probably. I disagree. They both stink. Here's the difference. One team can score and one team can't. That's the difference. Except the Raiders haven't been scoring. Well, I mean, Uh, yeah. They they have had three losses this year in which they had 17-point leads. Yeah. But the Denver Broncos defense, I believe, is a top two or three unit in the NFL at worst. So for the Raiders who, listen, Derek Carr's kind of subtly calling out teammates. Things are weird in Vegas right now. Derek Carr, though, uh, is 11-5 and ATS against the Broncos in his career. Okay. Well, I, I like the Broncos here. I like their defense. I wouldn't play the Raiders at two and a half. I'll tell you that much. I would tease the Raiders up, but I wouldn't play them at two and a half. Okay. 
Kansas City Chiefs, six-point road favorites at the Chargers. Chargers getting healthy at practice this week? I, I, Is this the, the week? Do they bounce back? It could be. It Doesn't it seem like this would be a game that the Chargers would win? I know that's a lame-ass handicap, but like, doesn't it seem like it happens where they look so bad, they look so bad, and then all of a sudden they beat the Kansas City Chiefs? Justin Herbert pulls one out of his ass. Since the Chargers brought in Justin Herbert, since they drafted Justin Herbert, they are four and one ATS. They've been within six points every single time. There's no way I'm going to say uh, the fact that I've, I've been I've been saying, hey, once he gets his weapons back, you're going to mm-hmm. see. Well, he's getting them back. Remember, he carved this team yeah. up early in the season. Mike Williams had a field day, and Keenan Allen wasn't even on the field. They need one of these guys to be out there, and it's a problem. And remember, Nicole Hardman goes on the IR. Mm-hmm. Juju had a concussion last week. The weapons are thin right now for Kansas City. So I'll tell you this. Uh, uh, in my survivor pool, there are 22 people left. Uh, it's a little bit of a quirky pool where the, the top point spreads of the week are restricted. You can't take those okay. games. And you can take the same team over and over again. I've talked about it, this before on the show. The, the highest point spread available that you can take is the Kansas City Chiefs. I feel like the majority of the people left are going to just look at that and say, it's the Kansas City Chiefs, it's the ne- it's the highest point spread available, that's the game I'm going to take. Part of me is not going to take it because of game theory. I want to pick something away from the, the rest of the pool. But the other part of me actually thinks the Chargers can pull this off. I don't disagree with you. I, I, I don't disagree with you at all. So I, I think that's an awesome, it's an awesome strategy. Uh, let's look at the Dallas Cowboys one point favorites, one and a half in a lot of play. Actually, it's, more, it's like more McKenzie looks like more one and a half than ones now, huh? Yeah, even the one I see is minus 15, which is pretty much the same as one and a half. Yeah, so we'll go Cowboys minus one and a half this morning. Uh, at I don't Minnesota. get it. Don't get it. Don't get it. I, I gave this out on the Dream Pod as my five weight play. I think these teams are even, and I think maybe the Vikings might be a little bit better. And the Vikings have one of the best home field advantages in the NFL, yet they're a point-and-a-half underdog. So flip the script here. If if this game was in Dallas, would the Cowboys be five-and-a-half, six-point favorites over Minnesota? I'd be asking to borrow money to bet on Minnesota in that case. Here's the reason why I don't like Minnesota. They just won their Super Bowl. They That's just... not – come on. That No, no. Their Super Bowl was when they get to the Super Bowl, which they haven't in a long-ass time. They're going to they, – this is – this is the win team. that they got last week was the biggest win they will have this year. Until they get to the playoffs. Okay. We'll, we'll see about that. I, 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 and it feels like we're buying them off a phony win. I, I don't know. And then since Dak returned, the Cowboys are the, the fourth best offense in the NFL. Like they've, they've figured something out since Dak got back. So I, this is game's a total stay away from me. In fact – on the the uh, wise guy roundtable this week, it was four and everybody uh, four guys on the Vikings, and RJ's looking at me. So we're all <laughs> on the Vikings, right? And I'm like, no, not me. I'm the only. I'm a bystander. I don't want the Cowboys, but I'm not playing the Vikings. I, I, I just can't. I might look at the Vikings in a teaser. I could see that getting them up to uh, to seven and a half. The Vikings are just the eighth team to be a home dog. With this high of a winning percentage this late in the season. So November or later. It's only happened seven other times. A team with this high of a winning percentage, and, and look at you know where they are now, 
uh, eight and one, to be an underdog at home this late in the year. Those teams are five and two ATS. Cincinnati Bengals four point favorites at Pittsburgh. Steelers win this game out, right? I, th- I think Calling they it. might. Calling it. TJ Watt just completely changes his team. They dominated the Saints last week, and he's going to really matter against a Bengals offensive line that allows the third most sacks in the league and have played a game less than the only two teams that have given up more. This is a, a stylistic nightmare for the Bengals, and with no Jamar Chase on the field, the Bengals offense, when Jamar Chase was playing, Bengals were sixth in the league in passing DVOA, weeks one through seven. Since then, 25th in offensive pass DVOA. Tomlin is 68% ATS against Cincinnati in his career. He is 78% against Cincinnati as an underdog. He is 7-2 and two straight up yeah. as an underdog mm-hmm. against Cincinnati. <laughs> there is no way I'm playing the Bengals. So, Minka Fitzpatrick probably going to play. On Sunday. With bloody jersey and all. Probably going to play. And T.J. Watt got hurt in that first game of the year against the Bengals. Maybe a little bit of, you know, revenge or whatever. Uh, I, I think this is going to be a really great Steelers performance at home. By the way, speaking of Mika Fitzpatrick, best quote ever when they asked him about his appendix and, and how, what he felt and when he knew, like, he should go talk to the doctors. He said, quote, I thought it was bubble gas. Bubble guts gas. <laughs> I thought it was bubble guts gas. That's what he said. That's uh, good. Yeah, I think the Steelers have a really good chance to win this one outright. And we've talked a lot about the Steelers and how long it's been since they had a losing season. Still alive. If they win this game, they're four and six. The schedule is forgiving. Still alive. There are it's Colts, Falcons, two against the Ravens. That'll mm-hmm. be tough. Panthers, Raiders, Browns. It could still happen. All they, if they tie one game, 8-8-1. Eight, eight, and one, That would be great. Lock it in. Yeah. Lock it in. This I can see week, it this happening. This is the week they're going to tie. Two games on the college slate tonight. Two ugly games on the college slate tonight. South Florida, 14.5-point dogs at Tulsa. I'm just going to say this. Tulsa should not be favored by 14 and a half points mm. against anyone. Anyone. <laughs> this is now, listen, there's a lot to hate about South Florida here. They're on their third string quarterback. That ain't good. They're they're gonna have to hand the ball off all day. But Tulsa's run D is dreadful. And South Florida is the 90th team in the country in tempo. They can grind this game, they can make it ugly. It's going to be hard to beat South Florida by 14 and a half because Tulsa is so bad on offense. Dude, this is a, just a these two worst teams in the conference. Mm-hmm. One of them can't be 14 and a half points worse <laughs> than the other. I just I don't believe it. I have no interest in this game. I, I would say you just take, don't want to watch it. I, I, I would not watch this game. No, I would say take the points in South Florida or, or 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 turn away. Now this is a different scenario where one of these teams is actually respectable and one is terrible. San Diego State is 14-and-a-half-point favorites at New Mexico. But these are two teams that play at a bo- in bottom 20 in pace. The total in this game is 36-and-a-half. That's scary low. 
and you're t- you're telling me this team's going to cover 14 and a half on the road in a 36 and a half total game? That's a scary low total. So both games tonight are dog or pass for me. I don't think I want to watch these games, <laughs> so I'm probably not going to get involved, but dog or pass certainly on the two games tonight. Let's take a look at some of the big games, the games that matter on Saturday, and let's start with TCU at Baylor. I've been a TCU doubter. You've been a TCU believer. Yep. So far, you're winning. Mm-hmm. All it takes is me being right once, though, and TCU's season is ruined. That's correct. So what happens this week? Uh, the same thing that happened to Baylor last week. Uh, I don't I don't understand this. I know people want to talk about the situational spot, but hasn't every week been a situational spot to p- play against TCU? I get it. All right, big win last week. Possible letdown. On the road. I understand it. Baylor got the doors blown off them by Kansas State last week. Will Howard threw for 196 yards and three touchdowns. What do you think Max Duggan is going to do? Maybe this is the win that TCU gets that finally earns respect. Plus, Baylor already has six wins. They're going bowling. They're looking ahead. I know you can't look ahead to, to a game when you have the number four team in the nation in your building. This would certainly be a nice game to uh, storm the field and take off the goalposts. But I'd feel a lot better about Baylor if this was a night game. This is a very early game. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's any advantage. I think TCU goes into Waco and wins. Yeah, I, I'm with you on this. Uh, I, I Well, I'm not, I'm not with you. I don't back you on this. But I will say I'm not going to bet against TCU this week. I did last week. It cost me. Uh, Texas laid a complete <laughs> egg. So yeah, I, I I can't I can't argue against argue against you anymore because I'm tired of being wrong about this team. So um, I, I'm going to go ahead and just say I'm, I'll tip my hat and say good call, <laughs> good call because I don't have a better one. Uh, let's look at USC and UCLA in a match that is basically for the season for the winner goes to the Pac-12 title. Yeah. Well, but USC has got bigger fish to fry than that. Even Yes. I think this is USC. UCLA against Arizona was one of the more disgusting games that I've watched. And I know that you can say that was a look-ahead spot, but USC had a look-ahead spot also, and they took care of their terrible opponent in Colorado, and they got to rest their starters in the fourth quarter. So I think this is USC comes out fresher and crisper, and I've seen I've been more impressed with USC this season than I have with UCLA. I think the Trojans keep the Pac-12's college football playoff hopes alive. Uh, Ohio State, 27-point favorites on the road at Maryland. And you know what? I'm going to go ahead and group these guys together because Michigan, also a big favorite, 17.5-point favorite at home against Illinois. Do you think either of these teams has look-ahead? Do you worry about either team with a big spread considering they play each other next week? Yeah, they both have look-aheads. The team I'd worry about more is Michigan just because of how good Illinois is defensively. And with a total that is hovering right around 40 in a game that I expect to be low scoring, I think Illinois covers 18 points in that game. Okay. I, I could see that. I 
Ohio State. I'm not saying have, Illinois is winning. Yeah, Ohio State yeah. shouldn't have any trouble with Maryland. This no. is Maryland's offense has died on the vine. Yeah. Uh, this is it's it's funny, you know, Tonga. Tavailoa has been Talia. Talia Tagovailoa has been uh, up and down. Last year was great. Yeah, yeah, he was until he got hurt. Yeah, this year he started out great. Oh my god, the last couple of weeks he looks like a walk on. Uh, this has been just a totally different offense. So I think Ohio State again. This boils down to want to when you get into these yeah. you know four touchdown spreads. Do they want to cover that when they've got Ohio State or they've got Michigan on deck? I don't know. But Ohio State certainly seems like they've got an easier path to cover this week than does Michigan. The wait is over. The American League and National League MVPs were announced by Major League Baseball. Cole Goldschmidt wins his first career MVP award, beating out uh, his teammate, Nolan Arenado, as well as Manny Machado of the Padres. And Aaron Judge is the American League MVP after a historic 62 home run season. Judge wins the AL MVP award. He got every first place vote except for two. There were two Los Angeles-based writers that voted for Shohei Otani to be the MVP. I get you're a judge guy, but do, can you can you hate on him for that, or is I, do, can you at least understand an argument for Otani? I can understand the argument for Otani, but the argument is only because it's a novelty. And I think that the fact that we saw it last year, and he won the MVP rightfully so last year. This year, he's held to a higher standard, and I understand he had a great season, both offensively and pitching. But he didn't play any meaningful games. His team was terrible. And you want to talk about if this award was for the most outstanding player, I'll tell you right now, it's Shohei Otani. Because pitching and hitting the way that he did, that's the most outstanding performance in Major League Baseball. But let's talk about value. Aaron Judge single-handedly carried the Yankees down the stretch of the season. You're going to love this. After the All-Star break... Aaron Judge batted 349, 502, 785. Average slugging OPS. The rest of the Yankees batted 223, 292, and 360. That slash line is the equivalent of the Pittsburgh Pirates. Think about what one player did for his team leading them to a division title, whereas another player played for a bottom team in in a bad division. I'm sorry. Aaron Judge, 62 home runs, uh, leading every offensive category, and carrying a team. I know it's the Yankees, and people aren't going to give any one player credit for carrying the New York Yankees, but when I read you those stats and tell you that the Yankees batted worse than the Pittsburgh Pirates after the All-Star break, but we're still winning games because of Aaron Judge? Yeah, to me, that's value. I agree. There was a run in this season where the where the Angels went 12-36. and 36. Mm-hmm. 48 games. Yeah. Six of those wins were Otani starts. Okay. <laughs> like, if he wasn't pitching, they had no chance of winning. To me, that's value. Like... If if the only way we can win is if you're on the field, 
pretty freaking valuable. What they do in the rest of the games? They stink. Yeah. I mean, what what can he do? <laughs> Listen, I mean, I, I'm sure Otani wishes that he had Garrett Cole pitching the day after him. It'd be it'd make his life a lot easier. It just wasn't the case. Well, then he should leave. <laughs> he should. Well, AJ, the eyes of the world will be on Qatar starting on Sunday as the FIFA World Cup. Will kick off. You see, I, I said kick off because that's mm-hmm. like what they call it, right? Uh, I'm not that dumb when it comes to soccer. I'm actually pretty knowledgeable when it comes to soccer. Uh, Qatar will play as the host nation the opening match. They will take on Ecuador. Ecuador's plus 145. Qatar plus 225. The draws plus 210. There is a major conspiracy theory going around the internet. Okay. There is the belief that because of the amount of money that the nation has, because of the amount of money that the nation has paid for this event, there's money going towards this game to ensure a Qatar victory. I'm not saying it's true. I'm just saying this is what has been talking about on the internet, that there are rumors that Qatar paid Ecuador $7.4 million (laughs) to throw the first match. What do you make of that? I feel like it's hard to guarantee a win for Qatar. I'm not sure it's so hard to guarantee that they don't lose. You get down by one, you give them a penalty, then it's 1-1. Soccer, not that many goals. Mm. I feel like Qatar plus a half goal, minus 170, where you win with a draw, makes some sense. Yeah, so here's the original tweet that came from, you know, and it's probably not a real account because, you know, Twitter now, you can pay for the check mark. But the tweet says, Qatar bribed eight Ecuadorian players $7.4 million to lose the opener. Five Qatari and Ecuadorian insiders has have confirmed. We hope that it's false. We hope that sharing this will affect the outcome. The world should oppose the FIFA corruption. The bottom line is this World Cup is just clouded in a whole Shocker. bunch of, of, of nonsense. This is just wild. The whole thing feels very uh, scammy. Yes. <laughs> this whole thing seems very very weird. Mackenzie, I like that play on Qatar over a half a goal. I actually like that a lot. Rather than play them plus 225 to get the win. No, he's saying bet, bet them plus, plus a, a half, half a goal. goal. Oh, plus a half a goal. Yeah, because okay. that, that way a draw a draws fine. Oh, so you get, you're basically betting the win. No, I, I actually would bet them to score a goal. I, I mean, that's that just feels like a hard thing to fix. Like... I mean, I don't know how good Qatar is at soccer, though. Like, can they even kick the ball into the net? I feel like that's like a fundamental thing, but I don't know. I mean, maybe. So maybe you're saying like they would do um, like, uh, oh, a fake offsides here, a fake offsides there. Even if they get like a free, a penalty kick. What if they miss it? The FIFA president that was in charge of getting Qatar, Sepp Blatter, is banished from anything that has to do with soccer. So, you know. (laughs) <laughs> Wouldn't be surprised if there was one more deal that he got nope. done. This is unbelievable. That is, that is wild I that we're still, even discussing I, this. I it's can't wild. believe this thing's going on, to be honest with you. I really thought that this was never going to happen. Uh, the fact that they had to move it to this time of the year because of the weather being too hot for players to actually play in the summer, uh, I thought it was going to be a big problem. They, 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 they were 
arguments over uh, how they were building the stadiums, the type of labor they were using to build the stadiums, uh, human rights violations. Just I can't believe this event's going to happen. I think they're going to they're going to they said, you know what? We're going to do away with this every four years. We're going to do it every year here in Qatar. <laughs> yeah. it's the only, this is the only way to do it. Uh, do we have any best bets for the World Cup? Yeah, Griffin Warner, who does our pregame.com uh, dream previews, European soccer edition with Mackenzie Rivers. Yes, you can sir. hear right here. Not yeah, you can hear it on this feed because if you're if you're listening to RJ Bell's dream preview feed today, by the way, switch over to the straight out of Vegas AM feed. Yeah, do that. So subscribe to both. They're both great feeds, but subscribe to both. Uh, but if you do, if you do subscribe to the straight out, or the uh, the dream preview pod, you'll hear that soccer pod. They've been talking soccer. All year leading up to this thing, Griffin Warner has a best bet for the World Cup. My best bet for the World Cup is actually a future on the Denmark national team to win Group D at plus 220. You might see plus 240, something above two to one odds. Uh, They're in a really top heavy group with perennial favorite France, but they beat France twice in the past six months and proved they're a true team. If you saw any of the European Cup or European Championship from a couple summers ago, they lost Christian Eriksen to a heart attack. He like collapsed right on the pitch in the middle of a match. They paused the game for a little while, ended up restarting it, and uh, they lost that one. But the Danes haven't really lost ever since then. Uh, went on a huge run, went deep in that tournament, and I honestly think they could do that here. Um, the problem with France, they have all the talent in the world, but they really lack cohesion. They don't really like each other, and I think that's a big, big problem in an international tournament. The Danes play together. Christian Eriksen is healthy. He's going to be hopefully he's going to be fine and going to be creating offense for a team that might need it a little bit. They're more defensive focused than France for sure, Uh, but they're in in an easy group. Uh, It might be determined really by how well they do against the other teams, Uh, but I think they can beat France. They've done it twice in the last six months. Um, And I honestly, it wouldn't be a bad idea if you want to kind of have a little bit longer rooting interest is throwing a little candy on the Danes to win the World Cup at above 30 to 1. I feel like if things work out, they win this group, they could get on a really easy side of the bracket, avoid Brazil and Argentina, and uh, potentially even make you a little bit more money. So my best bet for this World Cup future is Denmark uh, to win Group D as in David uh, at plus 220. Good luck. Uh, Thanks for having me. So Griffin is playing on Denmark. That means he's fading France, the favorites in the group. And historically, it makes a lot of sense to fade the defending champions. Four of the last five times, they failed to even get out of the group stage. That would be France in this case. So it makes a lot of sense. Denmark plus 275. And if you believe you can outdo Griffin or outdo McKenzie, you'll have a chance to do that in the pregame forums. We've got a contest set up. McKenzie, tell the people what's going on with that contest. Yes, the 2022 World Cup in Qatar Survivor Contest. If you've played NFL Survivor, you're going to know the rules pretty much. You get to pick one team, each of the seven rounds, three group stages, four knockout rounds. And you just got to make sure they don't lose. You survive with a draw. You can only pick one country one time, but it's free to enter on the forums contest. Just got to pick seven selections to win or draw. And $250 cash prize, free to enter, $100 bulk for second place. So, you know, plus EV bet right there. Yeah, sick. Yeah, free to play. So, and and where do they got to go? Just go to the pregame for, pregame.com forums. And what's there? A, uh, is there is going to be highlighted? How is, yes, is it easy to find? Pregame.com forums. It's currently a pin thread. Got about 50 signups. So get in on it. You know, join the party. 
And uh, just go to pregame.com slash forums. Look for the pin thread on the World Cup contest. And yeah, say I'm in and tell, you, tell us what your first pick is. Beautiful. Before we get out of here, we got to get a best bet from Mackenzie Rivers on the NBA slate for this evening. Mac, what do you got for us? I'm going to take the Pacers minus five versus the Rockets. Pacers the last few games have taken off offensively. They're finally figuring out what Rick Carlisle, new coach, has been trying to install. The Rockets aren't going anywhere. They haven't gotten any better. So this is the line I would expect to begin the season. Market isn't taking advantage of the fact that Pacers are a lot better than they were just a couple of weeks ago. Give me the Pacers minus five at Houston. Let me ask you about one game. Pistons are at the Lakers. Detroit has not won a game on the road yet this season. Do they make it 0-9, or do they pick up an upset road victory against the Lakers? I think they go 0-9. Unfortunately, Kawhi Leonard came back today versus the Pistons. Didn't look very good. Shot two for eight. Pistons made it close, but offensively, they they got nothing. They got nothing. And they're not going to have anything against the Lakers, who have a pretty good defense despite all their troubles. One more team that hasn't won a game on the road yet is the Magic. They're in Chicago to take on the Bulls. The Bulls are nine-point favorites. Uh, we're giving Chicago a win. Give them a win, but the Bulls should not be nine-point favorites versus anybody. Ooh. Paolo Bancaro might be back for that game, rookie of the year favorite. If he is, I would lean towards the magic. Interesting stuff. Thanks, Mac. If you want to jump on board Mackenzie Rivers NBA season package or daily package, hit the pregame.com. Take advantage of that. AJ's got a UFC uh, and Bellator bets coming up this weekend. College basketball, college football, NFL as well. I got hockey, NFL, college football. We have a lot going on at pregame.com. And for anything that you would like to purchase, Take $10 off on AJ. Uh, Use the promo code AJ10. It's going to come out of his pocket, not mine. (laughs) And you can use it for anything. You can use it on Scott and McKenzie's stuff, too, by the way. It doesn't have to be on just AJ's picks. It could be on anybody's picks. But you get $10 off if you use the promo code AJ10. That is at pregame.com. Don't forget, if you have not signed up for pregame.com yet, Now's the time to do so because all new users get a free $25 for signing up. Just takes a minute. Sign up on the website. You can start making your own picks, tracking your own picks, enter contests, the World Cup contest in the forum, uh, the Beat McKenzie Rivers NBA contest, and start getting some picks from all of the pregame pros and get a free $25 site credit for signing up. That's for new users only. You've just inspired me. I have. I want to give out a a little... uh, Little wager as well, right now. An Easter egg on our way out for the weekend. Okay, let's go. There is UFC this weekend. I'm going to throw out something in the main event Derek Lewis by KO or TKO. My balls are hot. Plus 230. That was Derek Lewis, right? Derek Lewis. Plus 230 by knockout or TKO. This is is a disrespectful line to Derek Lewis. And I'm not saying Derek Lewis is a sure thing to win, I'm saying that. Sergey Spivak is a slow wrestler who's going to try to take down Derek and grind on him. That is what Marcin Tybora did. That's what Alexei Olenek did. That's what Curtis Blades tried to do. All three of them got knocked out trying to do just that. What Derek Lewis does is he gets taken down a couple times. He gets up, and about the third time you try to take him down, your head runs into his lunchbox fist, <laughs> and you go to sleep. This is plus 230. So I'm not saying, like, you know, bet your house on it. I'm saying plus 230 represents great value given the type of opponent that Derek Lewis has in the main event. There's a chance he could get wrestle bleeped for five rounds. To me, chances are good at some point. 
This dude tries a takedown and runs into Derek Lewis's hand, and his head explodes. Guts, blood all over the UFC apex, plus 230 cashes to the window. I like it. I like it. That's AJ Hoffman from Mackenzie Rivers. I'm Scott Seidenberg. Have a great, profitable weekend. We are straight out of Vegas AM.